All right, boom. It is March 2nd, 2020. Hello, everybody, again. Welcome back to Kicking It With The King. My name is Gabriel Hernandez, and like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 248 of Kicking It With The King. Three podcasts in a row, ladies and gentlemen. One motherfucking fire. And and what a way to start off a brand new month by putting out three episodes back to back to back. Pretty crazy. Pretty fun. It's good to be back. Appreciate you guys for joining us here. We got a great show planned today, folks. Like I said, um, quickly before we always start, we are available everywhere you get your podcasts Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and everywhere else you get your podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. You can find our podcast easily. Um, rate us five stars, obviously five star review, five star rating, um, amongst any other things, other, uh, any other positive attributes or any other positive comments you have about the show. Appreciate everybody who tuned in and has been listening to the show as of late, definitely improved, um, and definitely appreciate each and every one of you guys. We are quickly, um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at KWTK pod. And um, follow me on Facebook and Twitter at G the King MMA. So, like I said, three podcasts back to back to back. I just actually got back from going to the mall. I was window shopping, right? <coughs> Excuse me. I was window shopping, walking through the mall. I didn't have any intentions on spending money, and I did that exact thing. No intentions on spending money. I literally was walking through with some friends, looking at all the stuff. Um, all the all, there's two malls, and if you go across the street, there's another one. And you know, we went walked through a bunch of stores, and then, like I said, window shopping. You know, what window shopping is. If you don't know what window shopping is, you're not human. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But yeah, we were window shopping and looking through all these different things. We went through fucking all the stores. We went to Spencer's, my favorite store. Let me just tell you, that store is pretty fucking is awesome. There's a lot of cool knickknacks in there, and a lot of different things. But if you look at my Snapchat at gmeeker underscore mma um you can see all the cool things if i took a picture of it it obviously caught my eye and i did post it on my snapchat so you also walk through um ziggy not zig no what is it not zoomy zoomies what's it called it's spencer's and what's a oh hot topic excuse me why was i thinking zoomies that's that's a completely different store if i'm not mistaken but yeah we walked through there um really um you know, obviously, like, a lot of different things in there. A lot of varieties of different things to pick from in there. Let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I want to fucking go back in there. Next week, I'm going back in there, and we're going to buy some shit. We're going to go in there. I mean, like I said, I, I, I didn't have any intentions on going to the fucking mall and spending stuff. And as a lot of people may know, when you go into the mall, you're going to a store that's... uh an attractive store, meaning the fact that you think and you may contemplate with yourself with the, the fact that, am I going to spend money? If I go there, I'm going to spend money. Or maybe you're on a budget. Or maybe you're trying to save money. Or maybe you're not trying to spend money on countless amounts of things, like me. And you got to hold yourself back. Sometimes you got to leave your wallet at home. So I've left my wallet at home plenty of times as a late. And don't let me make, don't make my, don't... Just complete brain fart. Don't make it, don't allow me to make it seem like I'm Mr. Perfect guy when it comes to that. No, because I spend money quite so much. 
a little too much sometimes, and I kind of tend to kind of want to dial it back a little bit. I don't want to spend that much money on different things. And, you know, there's a difference between needing and wanting. My needing versus your needing may not be the same. I mean, my needing is, oh, you know, back in the day, it was originally like, oh, I want that new PS4 game. I need it. I have to play it. No, it's wanting. Wanting versus needing. Um... At the end of the day, the main point is to separate all those things and, and try not to spend money. as much. If you don't need it, don't spend money. And look at me doing this probably two weeks from now. I'm not probably going to have like a new brand new device or, or something electronic or something expensive that I didn't need. And I'm not taking my own advice. So I might just keep might just fuck myself in the ass. Well, there's no point in having morals if you're not going to follow them, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day. But then again, like if you're going to spend money, spend it on something that you know you need or could use in your house, in your at work, anywhere, whatever it is that you do. But whoever is listening to this, everybody that's listening to this, whatever it is that you do, make sure to spend money on the things that you should be spending money on. Obviously, like I said, there's a lot of working people in the United States of America, a lot of working class citizens, um, you know, uh, American citizens in, in, in California that work countless amounts of hours that you know pay their bills either have a family or they live with their parents or they live with their grandparents or they live by themselves i am an advocate ladies and gentlemen for spending money on yourself i think it's important especially if you deserve it especially if you're working hard especially if um you know you know, if you, you, you feel you need it. Like last last year, I bought myself a brand new phone. The phone I'm actually using, my my iPhone. I bought myself a brand new iPhone. And, um, oh, not brand. I mean, it was brand new, essentially. Yeah, it was. So I bought myself a brand new iPhone last year. And, you know, you know I don't really like to essentially gift myself the, uh, in a large amount of purchase like that. Like the large purchase that I made. Um, if I make large purchases, usually at a time, like, you know, sometimes you go to the store, or you go to the, the the market or some shit like that, or you get some food. You know, usually I would only spend money usually on food and or, like, hygiene products and just normal shit like that usually. I mean, I had to get a new pair of Apple uh, earphones because um, the last pair I had broke and I wasn't even using a pair of Apples. I was using um, some Philips headphones, the ones I was originally doing the show with before. But those actually broke the other day. I think I broke them when I was drunk. I was mad. How nice. I saw those and I broke them. They're a piece of shit anyways. They're on their way out. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get mad and break your own thing sometimes. Sometimes that's a little chaotic if you ask what I'm saying. It's better to break. I mean, I saw them and I just smashed them, ladies and gentlemen. They're a piece of shit anyways. They weren't working. But yeah, back to what I was saying. I went to the store, right? I went and got some new Apple headphones and stuff like that. So mainly, well, why the fuck am I even sitting here telling you guys about my major purchases? Am I trying to give advice? Am I trying to get people to stop spending? Are they going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? It's an MMA show. What the fuck is he doing? No, I, I'm I'm just talking, kind of just kind of giving you some ideas when it comes to that. So let me finish my motherfucking story, and then I will continue on, and we'll talk about the fight and all this other stuff that we got later on. There, like I said, thank you guys for joining us here on the show, and I appreciate each every one of you guys. Um, so like I said, I got the headphones. So I really only mainly spend money on food, essentially hygiene products and weed. I buy a lot of weed. I, I mean, I don't buy it in bulk. Sometimes I do. I mean, last time, I mean, last time I remember I, I, uh, 
and spot a couple pre-rolls, you know, a couple pre-rolls a day or, you know, one pre-roll a day or something on the way home or some shit like that. And um, I didn't really go crazy on any of that, but um, I did get a bag of it um, not too long ago, actually. And it's actually almost running out. It's it's on the last few crumbs of it, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, you know, I finished it almost. And it's, it took me a while. It took me a little bit close to a month. Maybe it would have stretched a lot longer if I didn't smoke as much. And I'm not saying, like, I just smoke and sit around and do nothing. I mean, on my days off, the days that I, I don't have anything, any responsibilities or anything absolutely insane that I have to do, I, I'll smoke all day. But, you know, um, some people have designated times for doing that. Some people do that after work, depending on if you wake up in the morning or you get home around the middle of the day or anything else like that. For me, I, um, I wake up in the morning before I leave and I, I smoke a couple times, a few times. By the time it's around like 9, 30, 10, it's probably, my high is usually gone away and I'm able to focus on everything and the tasks at hand. I feel good. I don't know if it's just a fitment of my imagination saying that, but you know, I feel, I mean, it relaxes you. It definitely does do some things for you. Like right now I took like probably five hits of this pen that, um, I got my grandpa showed me yesterday. I tried some, and I just kept taking hit after hit after hit after hit. It it didn't necessarily feel like one of the strongest weed pens that I've tried. I haven't actually tried the pens in a while because I've been kind of terrified of them. And the last couple of one of them that I had broke, and that was like ninety something dollars down the tube basically because of the fact that they broke. And you know, having your pen in a temperature like an ice cold temperature, it can fuck your pen up. It wasn't like ice cold. I just remember it was hella cold in the room when it happened, and I had opened up, I, I twisted off the the cartridge to go and try to charge my pen, and then um, the fucking bottom piece of it broke. So. Um, I kind of just like, you know what, you're trying to save money, you're trying to portion your money, you're not trying to blow your money, Gabriel, on bullshit. So I just figured I'd buy regular weed, even though the um, pen is very beneficial at times and stuff. So, um, you know, it's beneficial. I mean, if you're trying to save money, I mean, for example, the ones I get are $47, maybe a little more now because of the laws and stuff changed. Now, I, don't really, I noticed the price change a little bit in some of those cannabis shops. If you're in California, it's 4.20 p.m. Pacific time. We should take a fucking hit real quick. Hold on. Fuck yeah. So like I was saying, I just had to take a quick hit. It's 420 right now as we speak. Um, so if you go in the, the weed shops, if you're a native of California, um, you go in the weed shops, or you go to any weed, weed shop essentially. But I don't know how the prices are in other states and stuff. I just know that California's um, laws are different now. And they're more expensive. And you know, some of the pre-rolls are a little bit more expensive now. I think they were like, six dollars or so they, they're not they're not as uh cheap as they used to be i just know that there was one point in time where i wasn't in california or you know before i left california when i briefly lived in texas for a bit for about seven months um weed wasn't legal before i left i mean i think medically it was legal but it wasn't legal like it is now, you can just walk in, have an ID, and it, you, you essentially are stepping into the adult version of a candy store. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but fast forward, 
I come back from Texas seven months later, and weed's legal. You're able to fucking walk in there and buy it. I don't know how we got into this or talking about this. But we're, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about saving money. I don't know how the fuck we go to start a pod, starting a podcast off like that. But, hey, we give some lessons here. We, we, we talk about things. We do these kinds of things. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I just like to fucking spend my money. Lots of people. I mean, if you if you if you make your money, you spend money on things. You deserve to obviously reward yourself. And funny story was actually, um, I was looking at Verizon wireless plans earlier on my phone because I was thinking of switching carriers and stuff like that. Because the ones I have right now, I feel like I want to get an, a a new plan or a, you know some better service. You know, Verizon maybe Verizon service or so something like that. Uh, I'll maybe sign up for new service. But um, I was looking at the iPhone uh, XR Max or whatever it's called, and I just wanted to see, just for fun, how much it would be monthly for me. And it was around like 140 something like that with the $46 or something like, you know, payment-wise per month. So it's usually the payment on the phone. So say example, like 40 bucks for the phone. Plus the service is eighty bucks, so you add it up. Plus your plans, plus your depending on anything else, if you have like an Apple Watch or something else, add it on that. I know it's slightly a little more, but then again, it goes to me filling out my information and does a, it does a credit check. So it runs a credit check on me. And mind you, ladies and gentlemen, it's been about I don't know how old am I right now. Let me see. I'm not going to say my age live on air because I just kind of seems like kind of weird. I wouldn't necessarily do that. Cause I don't know, this feels weird. I mean, I wouldn't be completely fine with telling people my age. I just want to see real quick. Let me see. Six years ago? So, let's see. Six years ago, okay. I didn't even know what the fuck was on my credit. I didn't have anything on my credit to begin with when I first started. But, you know, I started to go like, I'm young. You're 18 years old. You're going to fucking stores or, you know, phone stores. You're going to places that need to check your credit before you get something like, you know, like an AT&T or um, Sprint. And, you know, it's funny because I have all three of those carriers because I bounced from carrier to carrier. And I wasn't really aware of the whole credit thing when I was real young. And, you know, my credit's been fucked since then. And I know you need credit to like purchase certain things like that, but fortunately, I am in a good enough position to where I don't have to really worry about that for the time being. And you know, money talks and money speaks. So essentially, I pay for a lot of my things cash, and I don't really have to worry essentially about too many things that have to do with credit. I don't give a fuck about credit. I make my money cash in hand. I pay my bills. I pay for every single thing that I need, usually with cash. So I don't have to really worry about too much shit. I know there's house payments and car payments and all this other different stuff that you got to do um, with that that involves credit. But um, for me, you know, I just pay for things cash in hand. Um, fuck, what was I going to say after that? Oh, so like I said, I was looking at the amount of payment. So it, it said that my initial down payment. So normally, if you qualify for a good phone payment plan, from my knowledge of you know learning about phones and and different plans, it's usually you can essentially just pay zero dollars, maybe like eighty dollars at the door. It was like seventy something dollars, I think it said for the for you would pay, I would pay today. But then it said you know when you run your credit and all that, maybe like pay like seven hundred something. For a fucking phone, a down payment of seven fucking hundred dollars. Are you fucking kidding me? That that made me think. God damn, never mind. I'm not gonna switch service. I'm not. Maybe I maybe I will switch service. 
Why don't we do that? Well, we should we should do that. I don't I, I, I don't think I'm gonna do that here live on the show. We'll do that later on because I think I'm gonna bore the fuck out of some people talking about phones and stuff like that. But uh, let's get let's get on along to this weekend. Obviously, um, we got fights. Um, more fights. UFC uh, two forty. What what is it? Fuck. Why am I losing the train of my thought right now? Um, Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. That fight's happening later on um, this weekend. Uh, that's a crazy fight. It's a great fight. I cannot wait for that one. It's an interesting fight. Um, let me see. What is it? UFC. Uh, let me see. Yeah, UFC 248. Huh. How funny is that? How funny is that? You know what's funny about that? UFC 248 and uh, we're on episode 248. That's so crazy to think about because the fact is, this is our third podcast in a row. Saturday, Sunday, and now motherfucking Monday, folks. Give us a round of applause for sure. I mean, it's just, I just thought that was funny. I just barely seen that right now. Um, but yeah, Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. And in the co-main event, we got uh, Yuan and Jacek attempting to win back her strawweight belt against Zhang Wei Li for the title. This will be Zhang Wei Li's first title defense um, since she beat Jessica Andrade for the title um, within a minute in the first round by knockout in vicious fashion. You know, knees, punches, kicks, elbows. She beat the fuck out of Andrade in that fight. So that's going to be interesting. Um, very interesting fight for for Israel Adesanya. He will attempt to uh, defend his belt for the first time against a very tough guy in the form of Romero. A very dangerous guy. Very unpredictable predictable, Excuse me, guy. Romero's fast. He's quick. He, he He's very athletic. He's very light on his feet. I mean, you see him doing all these crazy backflips and flying knees and stuff the guy can move for for a physical specimen like Romero to move that quickly and that athletically and that you know soothly on his uh, soothe uh, is that the right word for him to move that soundly that's the word I was looking for on his feet like that is is something I have not seen so it's an interesting fight versus Israel. Obviously, Israel picked Romero. He wanted that fight. He thought that would be a great fight for his legacy. And I completely agree. I mean, that's a fight that a lot of people want to see. I mean, a lot of people want to see Israel versus Paulo Costa, Israel versus Yoel Romero. And that just shows you how much people, yes, usually, uh, not, no, not usually, they do, how many people respect Yoel Romero. Because you, if you look at it, he's in a unique spot. And I was just thinking about this earlier. That Romero has to win this fight, or maybe this might be the last title shot that he will get, probably, if you look at the age that he is now, and, you know, the fact that he's lost the last two, uh, you know, his last two title shots, I mean, the, the, the two title fights with Whitaker, um, I think the first fight was to win the belt, uh, Whitaker got the belt, the interim belt, um, if I'm not mistaken, did he get the interim belt? Yeah, he won the interim belt, and then... He fought and defended his belt against uh, Romero in the rematch. And then Romero goes along and fights Rockhold later on. I think we're out for the... I don't know if it was like the interim or something like that. I don't fucking remember all the belt shit. All this belt... Th- all this belt 
gets me con fucking confused. I just know that Romero missed on missed out on an opportunity to win a world title when he beat Luke Rockhold because he didn't make weight. And if you heard how fired up I got last on the last show yesterday about fighters missing weight, I talked about it in the last two fights. It's annoying as hell, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the, the weight part. We're talking about the fight. Him versus Romero, Israel versus Romero is an interesting fight for Israel. Fuck all the facts that people people are gonna sit and say, oh, well he lost his last few. Or why is he getting a title shot? Why is he getting a title shot coming off a loss? This isn't fair. It should go to Paulo Costa. It should be this. It should be that. P sit down and shut the fuck up, please. Just listen and pretend to pre pretend to be smart for a second. Okay, so look at this matchup. It's a logical matchup. It's a very interesting matchup. It's a very dangerous matchup for Israel Adesanya, as well as a very dangerous matchup for Yoel Romero. I mean, Israel Adesanya is the real deal. I mean, absolutely stellar takedown defense, a hell of a chin, you know, very unorthodox, very snappy-like on his feet, very quick. He's like a rubber band when he snaps. I mean, when, when he lands those punches, they're pinpoint accurate. And they're accurate, they're nasty, they're, you know, they're, they're so accurate to the point you see what what Israel Adesanya did to Robert Whitaker. I mean, he 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 hurt him bad with those shots. You know, he has some them some stinging shots. He doesn't have like oh that oh my god put you to sleep Anthony Johnson power. But when he hits you, man, it it, it only takes a few. It only takes a damn good combination. You know, as and, and you know a finishing sequence for. A guy like Israel Adesanya to put put people away. I mean, look what he did to Rob Wilkinson. Was it Rob Wilkinson they fought? I mean, you look at the emphatic performance he had against Brad Tavares, the knockout the out of a video game that he had against Derek Brunson. You know, the epic five round war that he had with Kelvin Gaslam. His win over Robert Whitaker to win the undisputed middleweight title. I mean, this guy is on fire. And he, he did all this, ladies and gentlemen, in less than two years. This guy came in with a lot of hype, huge comparisons to John Jones, just compared to Anderson Silva in a lot of ways, and respectively, those two fought, which was an entertaining fight, essentially a passing of the torch kind of fight. But you look at the body of work that, uh, not Romero, excuse me, Israel Adesanya has, has done in a short amount of time. I and mean, that's nothing short, but great. That's nothing short... Um, but amazing, ladies and gentlemen, because of the body of work that he put together and how quickly he did it, and, you know, every single fight was better than the last, and he looked absolutely amazing, and, you know, he has a tough test against a guy in Romero, I mean, if you, I, I don't, MMA math is not something that I rely on, and, and I think, I look at past fights, I look at specific fighters, so what I'm saying specifically, what I'm alluding to, is the Romero fight, so everybody that fights Romero, you know, they're in for a tough night, Israel in for a very tough night. Romero's unpredictable. He hits hard. He's explosive. You know, he he, he kind of plays like he's a video game. He chooses the right points. He chooses when to explode. He chooses how to conserve his energy. And, and when he explodes, you know, he puts all his power and effort into everything that he needed to do. I mean, that flying knee, he landed on Chris Weidman in the third round. The, the, the knockout over Luke Rockhold, I mean, that last punch he landed was, was devastating. He broke Luke's jaw in that fight. And, um, you know, uh, the win over Yoral had over Derek Brunson both times, you know, barely edged out Jacare Souza, 
um, had Robert Whitaker in all sorts of trouble in both their fights. And, you know, arguably could have gone either way in those two fights. But I'm not sitting here and trying to compare and contrast. I'm not trying to sit here and compare all the opponents. But if you look at what Romero did with Whitaker and Israel, Israel put Whitaker away. Romero struggled. Now, I don't know if that's a fact that Robert Whitaker, um, you know, had those wars with Yoel Romero and, you know, maybe he's just not the same fighter as he used to be. I mean, there's all these different speculations. I'm not putting my finger down and pointing it on pointing it on one specific reason, but I like to look at fights based off, you know, past fights. Like I said, look at Romero's past fights. Look at how dangerous he is. You can judge Romero off the fights that he's had. He's an explosive guy. He's a great wrestler. He, he His striking's fantastic. It's not, you know, up to par with all the, you know, elite strikers, you know, in the world, but, you know, when he hits you, it hurts, and, you know, he, he, he he's obviously the full package. He can wrestle. He can, um, he can move, he can knock you out on the feet, and, you know, he's a great fighter, phenomenal, nasty power in all those shots, I mean, like I said, he knocked Rockhold out, and, you know, broke his jaw, so, I mean, you know, flying need Chris Weidman, you know, had Musashi, oh, not Musashi, I was, I was thinking of Gegard Musashi right now, uh, um, had Robert Whitaker and, and Hurt, ha had him hurt in um, multiple occasions, and, you know, was able to, you know, all respects to Rob Whitaker for being able, being able to uh, tough that out. But, you know, Romero brings absolute war. You know, he's ruthless. He does not back down. I mean, that Paulo Costa fight was kind of weird. You know, his stance and his moving was kind of weird. It was kind of awkward, to be honest with you. But, you know, it was like he was conserving himself. But he just looked so different the way he was fighting. It wasn't like a normal Romero. He didn't normally. He doesn't normally fight like that. If you go back and watch that fight, tell me what you think. It was a very close fight. Um... Like I said, both men got hurt. Both men got dropped. And it was a dangerous fight, man. If those guys fight 10 times, who knows how evenly it's going to match up both all 10 times because it's a very dangerous fight for both men. And like I said, Israel moved forward with the, who he said he wanted to defend the belt against. Obviously, like I said, there's there's Jared Cannonier at middleweight now. Um, I am fucking stoned, by the way. There's Jared Cannonier, there's Paulo Costa, there's Joel Romero. And like I said, Romero is in a, a unique spot. Romero's a tough dude. Romero's a hard fucking fight for anybody. Say what you want if he's coming off two losses or you know he hasn't won a UFC belt and hasn't made weight and all these different things. That's not what we're talking about, like I said. What we're talking about is the matchup and how dangerous of a matchup that is for Israel. Dangerous matchup for, for both. I mean, Israel has this, you know, this air of invincibility right now because of, you know, obviously, like I said, the superstardom, you know, what he's been able to achieve in such a short time, he's achieved greatness, you know, he fast-tracked his way to a middleweight title shot, and, you know, he capitalized with flying colors, so there's nothing that Israel can't do, and I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, Romero brings that kind of unique style in Israel's stance, and, you know, his style, and, his, you know, the way he lands his punches and kicks are very, you know, he's going to have a hard time, especially when he's kicking Romero, because Romero's truly made of steel in a way that, that that that's gonna pose a, a lot of problems. Like I said, Romero's Israel's gonna leave that octagon hurt hurting. Regardless, win, lose, or draw, it's gonna be a hurt uh, a real hurting fight for him because Romero is the absolute monster. He's so dangerous 
And like I said, I was what I was, the main point of what I was going to allude to earlier was the fact that this may be Yoel's last time to shine when it comes to fighting for a world title. Because, you know, like I said, he's in a unique spot. His last uh, fights, two fights, where is, was it his last two fights that were controversial? A lot of people thought he won the Paulo Costa fight, and a lot of people thought he won the second Rob Whitaker fight, as well as the first one, too. So for people to say that, um, three of Romero's last, uh, what, what is it? Let me, let me just pull up his Wikipedia. So I'm not, um, butchering any of the things I'm saying. Okay. So his last fight was Paulo Costa and his, la his fight before that was against Robert Whitaker in, in June of 2018. So his last two fights, a lot of people thought that he won the unanimous decision. A lot of people didn't agree with the Paulo Costa, Paulo Costa getting unanimous decision. I thought it was actually split. But before that, okay, so Yoel Romero's last five fights. Paulo Costa, Rob Whitaker, Chris Weidman, and Jacare Souza. So he beat Jacare by split decision, knocked out Chris Weidman, uh, lost to Rob Whitaker in a very close fight um, back in 2017, fought Luke Rockhold in 2018, knocked him out, um, missed weight, and was ineligible for the title. The inter it was for the interim UFC middleweight title, and and then a non-title bout he missed weight, so he was ineligible to challenge for the belt. Robert Whitaker defends his belt at UFC two twenty five against Yoel Romero back in two thousand eighteen. Okay, then he just recently lost to Paulo Costa in August of last year. So it's been nearly almost close to a year since Romero's been there. I know he's been injured and stuff, a couple things like that. So, um, what is it? So now we're gonna get him back. So like I said, for for three of Romero's last four fights. Um, three of those, a lot of people thought he won. So he could easily be 13 and, wait, no, no, no. 16 and 1, if anything, because he's 12 and 2, losing to Robert Whitaker. So overall, he's 13 and 4. The losses to Paulo Costa and the two losses to Robert Whitaker. Other than that, no one's beating Yo Romero. You got to think about that. Look at all that. No one else, no one else is beating Romero except Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa. But like I said, those fights were questionable. You know, you can look back at those fights and give me your thoughts on the decisions and stuff like that. But that means Romero's in a deep spot too. I didn't really think about the fact that he's only only lost to those two guys. It makes it interesting. You know, can Romero pull this off? Can he put Israel in deep water? Can he, you know, finally realize that dream of being becoming a USC middleweight champion, taking uh, Israel's undefeated streak in MMA to a halt? Very interesting. Very interesting fight for sure. I cannot wait. Um, we'll get into fight picks and stuff uh, too later on. They're already preset. I have them uh, via verdict MMA, so we'll we'll talk about those too. Um, the Komei event, like I said, I have not watched too much of Wei Li Zhang's fights. I just know that seeing that Jessica Andrade fight and and seeing some of the highlights of his other fights. I mean, she's uh, of her highlights. Excuse me, she's uh, very scary. 
very talented, very very nasty in the clinch, and you know very athletic. Man, she her work ethic work ethic is second to none. I mean, she's absolutely stunning. I mean, you see her strength and conditioning. You see her working very hard. I mean, she's one of the hardest uh working uh fighters that I've seen. And when it comes to, I mean, obviously there's a lot of hardworking fighters. I mean, female fighters. If you look at her, she's at the top of her game, and she just beat somebody that you know uh beat Rose. I mean. Jessica Andrade beat Rose Namajunas for the title. Joanna beat Rose. Um. Wait, no, Joanna lost to Rose twice. And uh, I'm stoned right now. Sorry if my voice is slowing down. Um. So Joanna lost to Rose twice. Um. Who the fuck was I just talking about? Yuana lost to Rose and and Andraj and, and Yuana beat Andraj who lost to Jung. Like I said, I can't make him in main maths or anything like that. I think it's an interesting fight. Um comparable to what I said about the Valentina fight for Yuana. Like, you know, it's kind of like a striker's paradise. Except, you know, Jung seems a little bit more aggressive and not nearly as polished on the feet. As Valentina and Chris, uh, and crisp and precise with the kicks, the punches, the angles, the reaction times, and all that. You know she, you know Zhang Weili has that of her own, but those are two different fighters, uh, Valentina and and Zhang. But definitely looks to be like a a really interesting tactical match. I mean, Yuana looks to be training good, really, uh, training real hard, um, as well as Jung Wei Li. But you know, like it's an interesting fight, man. I have interesting, uh, interesting take on this one, and an interesting bet to make, and we'll make those a little bit, and um, we'll see what you guys think of my crazy ass prediction and stuff like that too. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a crazy fight, man. It's an interesting fight. Um, I want to see if Joanna can hang with with someone who hits as hard and is as devastating as Jung. And for me, I picked an un- upset bet. We're just going to jump into the bet because I want to talk about it. I'm, I'm picking Jung to upset Joanna Young Jacek. Not because I don't think Joanna can win. I just I just want to see a crazy underdog, you know, get the job done and really, you know, kind of just put the icing on the cake. Her her first title defense against a very tough Joanna Young Jacek who who won her last fight as well, and, you know, obviously has those two losses to Rose, and other than that, really, there's nothing, or, you know, the Valentina fight too, but, you know, it's up at a higher weight class, but, you know, essentially, you know, this is her chance to win back that belt that she she once had and for the longest time, and, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting because, you know, she's very vicious, she's very aggressive, she comes forward, um, everything she throws is to hurt you and, and, and essentially set you up to the point where they, they, she can put you away in, in, in devastating fashion like she did to Jessica Panay, like she did to Carla Esparza. Um, she's fucked people up during her title reign. I mean, she's been a former champion. She she defended the belt on multiple occasions. She was the best female fighter in that weight class at that time and still is the top tier uh, of the best um fighters that there is and like i said for Zhang Wei Li um you know her emphatic per- performance against Jessica Andrade was absolutely amazing but you know f- back go backwards a little bit just to see you know um wait fuck i lost the train of thought um 
Okay, so go back to the the fighters that Zhang has fought. I mean, she's looked absolutely amazing. Uh, she kind of came out of nowhere to being on the television and stuff like that. And uh, Wait, I'm high. What the hell? That doesn't make no sense. What the fuck was I talking about? You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you don't get blasted, absolutely barbecued, as Joe Rogan says before you do a podcast. Because I was just saying that um, for... For Zhang, like I said, this is her first title defense. I haven't seen much of her uh, her fights. But I, the ones that I did see, she was vicious. She was nasty. Um, she hits hard. If she lands on Yuan's chin, man, that can, that can pose problems. But like I said, Yuan is tactical. She moves. She's vicious. I mean, like the way, like I said, the way that she uh, won the title, the way she de- she defended her belt on multiple occasions, she's looked absolutely good. And her fight with Valentina, eh, you know, it was one-sided. It was really, like, you know, competitive, but it wasn't, like, completely one-sided, but it was competitive, but so much com- more competitive in the form of for Valentina. And, you know, she was a better woman that night, and she, you know, basically outclassed you wanna but it's, it's gonna be a crazy fight because you got the former straw white long time straw white queen you know a breath of fresh air and it's not rose Namajunas, but it's someone who's a little bit more vicious and a little bit more nastier than rose and i think jung can beat rose as well um this was surprising to see that um I mean, no, it's just surprising that, you know, you look how good Rose is. You look how good all these women are. I mean, Rose beat Ioana twice. I mean, Ioana beats Andrade. Andrade loses to Rose. I mean, this shows you, or no, she, Andrade loses to Zhang Weili, and Zhang Weili kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I remember back when she, uh, when she uh, won the belt, or she received a title shot, no one really knew who she was. You know, it's kind of like she came out of left field. I just remember her getting the title shot and being kind of confused with why she got it. I'm not saying that she didn't deserve it at the time, but I don't know who I was angling for for to get the title shot if it wasn't her. I just remember the feelings and how I felt, but then this this girl named Zhang Weili comes out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden she wins a belt, and you know, now she's defending against Yuana, but to the American fan, the average American casual fan, a lot of people know who Yuana and Jacek is, but you on the flip side, not a lot of people know who Zhang Weili is, but they're going to know come Saturday night because that woman can fight. She is vicious. She is nasty. She is dangerous. Everything she throws, she's throwing it with bad intentions. She's throwing it to knock you senseless. I mean, you look at... No one's ever done that to Andrade. If you go back and look at that fight, how quickly it was, how easily she did dispatched of her she could do that to Andrade imagine what she can do in the fight I think she poses problems for Joanna so like I said it gets interesting the bets are interesting I want to look at the betting line I want to put these bets on it in a little bit and later on we're going to talk about the bets and I'll t- tell you why I picked the ones that I picked but you know, this fight is angling towards uh Jung, in my opinion, I mean, I, I just feel like the power is on the side of Jung. I mean, if you look at the way Rose t- took out Yuana the second time, obviously she didn't take her out the first time she did. But Rose is no crazy, like, power striker or anything else like that. I mean, she just caught Yuana the first time, and, you know, Yuana gets tagged cleanly with a, a fighter of the magnitude of Jung. That's going to be a dangerous, that's a dangerous uh, time 
for sure. I mean, I don't know how much the weight class her cutting down affects her is going to affect you on. I don't know if her body's used to this weight class. As I mean, obviously, like I said, she's getting older and stuff, but for a majority of her career, she's fought at 115. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the weight cut. I just feel like Jung's going to be a lot uh, be a lot bigger. But then again, Jung, I feel like has more power than Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina has power. Don't get me wrong. You guys know how much I love Valentina. But if you look at this pure power, I think Jung, you know, both of them, they could be equal, ladies and gentlemen. Valentina wasn't able to put her weight henceforth that was at a higher weight class but it's at a lower weight class now so we get to see what happens with that and um in my opinion i feel like young way lee has more power solid power and you know she's looking to put yuana to sleep and put her uh, defender title for the first time this Saturday night, Ioana is looking to regain her her throne as the queen, as the UFC strawweight queen. She declares herself the queen regardless. The only fighters that she's lost to in the UFC has been Rose and Valentina. Rose twice, Valentina once. And fun fact for anybody that didn't know, both challengers for the main and co-main event have uh, only lost to two people in the UFC, Paulo Costa and Robert Whitaker for Yoel Romero, and Rose Namajunas and Valentina Shevchenko for Ioana. Just a little fun fact for anybody that didn't know. And we're back. We're running low on time, though. we got a few more minutes left here. Um, like I said, uh, we're gonna do some fight picks real quick before we get out of here. But yeah, like I said, Wei Li Zhang versus—I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Is it Zhang Wei Li? I'm saying it. Am I saying it right? Zhang Zhang Wei Li versus Yuan Ying Jacek. You know, there's one point in time where I couldn't say Yuan's last name. It's like her name's like Yoana, and then you bang on the keyboard. You just combine it all together. That's what her name looks like. But um, let's get on to some fight picks, ladies and gentlemen, and then we'll get out of there. I did want to talk about the featherweight, the women's featherweight division, but we're gonna save that for um, Friday's episode. So, because like I said, we're we're unfortunately out of time. But um, some fight picks. Okay, breaking news: Yoel Romero, Israel Adesanya in the main event. Who does Gabriel have in the main event? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have Romero. I'm going to pick Romero by unanimous decision. I picked, originally picked TKL, I'm not going to lie, but I'm picking Romero by unanimous decision. Or should I bet on Israel Adesanya? I'm going to pick Romero. Sorry, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to bet hard on you know, Romero, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, co-main event time. I actually didn't have an official prediction for this one, if I'm not mistaken. I'm picking Wei Li Zhang. I think Zhang Wei Li, Wei Li Zhang, Zhang Wei Li, I keep saying it fucking backwards. Either she knocks her out or she wins by decision. It's one of those two, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to happen either way. I feel like the power, like I said, is going to translate. It's going to really hurt Ioana. And, you know, like I said, her days at straw weight seem a lot different than before. You know, those weight cuts don't get any easier as you get older and stuff like that. So I'm a little concerned for Ioana, but not really. I think I'm confident in her to make weight and put on an amazing performance and like I said, it's a tough challenger. It's no easy uh, task for anybody. But, you know, the way she took out Andrade, I mean, Jung took out Andrade with ease. She took her out within a minute, man. This is insane to see Jessica Andrade, like I said earlier, get taken out that way. I mean, she's as tough as they come. I mean, one of the most aggressive uh, um, female strawweights in that, in that position. I mean, her one-punch knockout over... Carolina Kovalkiewicz, 
Jesus Christ. That was one of the craziest smaller women one-punch knockouts in the fucking history of the UFC. So, um, I'm going to go with with, with uh, Zhang for sure. Not because I don't like Ioana. I love Ioana. But I, I, I like a fan of underdogs as well. So, I, I'm going to stick with Wei Li Zhang by unanimous decision. And then on Friday, we got uh, Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira fight picks to get to as well. So, like I said, we got a good show on Friday as well nicely set up um but like i said okay so Benil Darius versus jakar close oof it's a good fight i'm gonna go with jakar close on that one sometimes Benil Darius is a 50 50 fighter when it comes to his performances uh jakar close is very good too He's very, very good. He trains um, in the, at the lab with Benson Henderson and stuff like that. Only has one loss. I think he's like a, one loss, one draw. I don't remember how many wins he has just specifically. But I don't know. Benito Darush is 50-50. So I'm going to go with uh, Jakar Close in this one. I don't care if I'm wrong. Because it's like I said, it's not, it doesn't count L's on here like Tapology does. If you remember Tapology, it counts all the L's you get. I mean, I'm, I'm fine if I don't get... Um, certain fights, right, and stuff. It's not like I invested my time or anything like that. <laughs> Neil Magny versus Li Jing Leung. Bro, don't sleep on Li Jing Leung. Li Jing Leung is going to take out Neil Magny. And don't fuck with those Chinese fighters. Those, fight, those Chinese fighters, can uh, they can fucking fight for sure. So I'm, I went with uh, uh, Li Jing Leung by unanimous decision. I, that's my new thing, doing unanimous decision victories for everybody because I can't decide if they're going to knock them out or I'm not confident in the TKO picks unless it's like someone who's massively known for power or something like that you get me you know what I mean at the top of it ladies and gentlemen uh, Sean O'Malley returns against Jose Quinones I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Sean O'Malley in in a funky style by unanimous decision Yes, you heard it right. Yes, I'm picking all these by unanimous decision because I can't fucking pick anything else. I just go off with it, it's the safest thing, man. If anything, I can pick that fighter and it's unanimous decision, and I might be more right than predicting a knockout. You know, it's 50 50 sometimes, but you just never know in the sport. So as long as my favorite fighter wins, that's that means the most. As long as the fighters I picked to win. It means the most, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the other guys upset, or if I was completely wrong or anything else like that. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset or disappointed or anything. It's a fight game, and anything happen, anything could happen. And motherfuckers, don't don't come at me like that because for sure, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. When you get robbed of split decisions, we as betters get robbed of split decisions as well. So that's some bullshit too. Now there are some split decisions that I picked. That I shouldn't have got because I didn't think that the specific individual one fights. Now, I'm not referencing anyone specific. There's just a list of them. If you really just look at it, split decisions and fights that you thought someone lost and, and stuff like that. and Yeah, so it happens. Shit happens in the sport. But for the most part, I don't recommend it nor do i hope for any more shitty judging later on i know it's gonna be a long road before you fix it but like i said it's all good so sean o'malley by unanimous decision okay so top two um main event we will have a new champion in my opinion if not cool i just i mean i, I like romero and 
You know, Israel Adesanya is so creative on his feet. It's such a hard fight. I almost don't even feel confident in my pick in the main event, man. I just like Real Romero a lot. Can't be biased or anything. I, I, I don't know why I'm, I would be biased in any stretch of the imagination, but I just... Israel's so creative on the feet. He just never faced a powerhouse like that, man. A dude that's made of solid bricks. Literally, not literally, man, but Romero's a freak of nature, man. Just imagine the history made made if Romero becomes a champion. 42-year-old middleweight champion, Joel Romero. <coughs> it would it would make up for lost time considering the fact that his last two title shots haven't really been, you know, the one he had against Robert Whitaker, where he unfortunately lost. A lot of people thought he won the second fight. Um, the fight with Rockhold, he was successful and he knocked Luke Rockhold out. But he was ineligible to win the title because he didn't make weight. So this is a message for all those fighters in the future. Make weight and you get to bring home belts. And you get um, a performance bonus, essentially, if you are set up for one. So um, that is all the time we have, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you guys for joining us here on this episode. Sorry it took so long to get this one out, but um, better late than never. So we should be back on Friday to talk about the women's featherweight division and anything else coming up as a... um, as time goes by, so we've got a couple more days, and a lot of stuff can happen. Obviously, like I said, it's UFC Fight Week and all the other exciting things to come. The last battle is with the scale for you all, Romero. So, God forbid, please, God forbid anything bad happening, but God, please make Yoel Romero make weight. Do it for Jesus, not for gay Jesus. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we're 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 uh, that's all the time like we had. Um, you can follow our podcast on Instagram and Twitter at kwtkpod, as well as following me on Twitter and Instagram at g the king mma Snapchat g meeker underscore mma. Um, podcast is available everywhere: iTunes, Spotify iHeartRadio and all the major podcast providers anywhere you get your shows anywhere that anywhere that you listen to your podcast folks download stream rate review five star review five star rating you know where to rate it ladies and gentlemen if not you can find it on iTunes it's super easy a majority of the people that have listened to the show if you believe it or not actually use Apple so I appreciate you guys for all the input all the tuning in and it means more than the world to me ladies and gentlemen I got an interesting take on the women's featherweight division come Friday stay tuned don't miss it we are out of here we are out of time folks bye folks see you guys on Friday now have a good rest of your week until we until we meet again until the next episode g the king out baby